Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 64 of the F1 show for coverage of all the craziness that's going on uh, in the postseason of 2009. I'm Robin Warner. And I'm Jim Lau. And in the, what is it, six weeks since the end of the season? Something like that. We have had more news and more happenings and more changes than the whole rest of the season put together. It's been pretty wild here in the postseason 09. Yeah, I, it's it's been a little bit nutty, and it's kind of nice because, you know, you go to work, you go to autosport.com in the morning to check to see what's new, and there's something new. And uh, that's been quite good. Absolutely. And there's, I mean, where do we begin, right? I mean, I've, I've got it... Uh, uh, I've got it kind of broken down, and there's, there's, you know, who's not going to be, who's not coming to play in 2010? Because unfortunately, there's, there's a number of, uh, a number of sort of teams and drivers that are not coming back, and venue even. Yeah. Um, who's new? You know, what's the new stuff? And then who's changed? Because there's been a lot of changes. Um, so if you want to go ahead and, and just start breaking it down, uh, with, with who's, who's not going to make it there? Uh, unfortunately for me, and you know, I've got, I, I know I've got some other, uh, some people out there in the world that agree with me. Um, Toyota F1, man, is no longer. They have Yeah, who they, are they? They had a grid spot. Um, they decided, hey, you know what? We are not going to be able to renew that. So their spot was given to someone else that we'll get wait, to later. Wait, wait, wait. Are you talking about those um, those uh, speed bumps that Toyota was sponsoring these past few years? Yeah, the rolling chicanes. The rolling huh? chicanes. Yeah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm bummed out. That's too bad. I mean, but every year it was like... You know what? If they can keep this going next year, there'll be a threat. I mean, that was every year since 2005. Yeah, always uh, always the bridesmaids, never quite the brides, and never even qu- always the bridesmaids. It's like the ugly bridesmaid. Yeah. Especially when Ralph I was mean, driving. A couple of second places, uh, just really close, a couple of pole positions, but they never got that win that they always wanted. And, nope. And uh, just never never quite came together for them. And so they decided to throw it in, throw in the towel um, with uh, the way the economy was, with everything going on as a major automaker that just didn't make enough sense to stay in Formula 1. And they finally pulled the plug on that program. But, Jim, there is a silver lining to that uh, sad, sad story. And that is someone from the Toyota team did get through and will be on the grid next year. And that is Kamui Kobayashi. Yes, he made it through. He will be driving for the relaunched Sauber team. Yes, Um, Peter Sauber Sauber is back at the helm, kind of like uh, Captain Kirk. And uh, is doing his thing, although he looks a little bit more like Spock. Yeah, and Yarner truly will be back, you know, driving in the Lotus F1 racing team as well. Um, but we're, again, getting ahead yeah, of ourselves. Yeah, getting ahead of ourselves. Even in a show where there's an organization, we're screwing up the organization. Oh, How a, does that happen? There is a lot of organization. Oh, right. Um, and we're screwing it up. Yeah, uh, you are. Uh, <laughs> so so what's weird, I mean, Toyota, obviously, you know, an F1 team, um, there's a lot more to it than just what we see on a, on a race <clears> weekend. I mean, all the logistics, all the operations, all not just the cars, but the, the, the fuel rigs and the transporters and the hospitality stuff and, like, you know, the ridiculous motorhomes we see every weekend. Oh, yeah, all the PR and all the uh, communications. Yeah, and, and it's just else. so wild to me that none of these teams, um, the new teams coming in, I guess they already kind of had to get that infrastructure getting getting built up, but... It just seems like it'd be such a step forward if if you could just buy out the old team and all that logistics and the factory and all the stuff that goes along with it, uh, rather than starting fresh. Uh, but but no one really has. I mean, they've talked about they've been part, you know parting out some of the stuff. I think specifically the fuel rigs and stuff and some of the you know tire warmers and whatever. But yeah. Um, it's it's just amazing when you really think about all the different little bits and pieces, all the things that a new team is going to have to buy uh, to become a successful F one team, and that the uh, you know that the Toyota team has all this stuff and is is kind of just 
you know, some of it's being sold off almost as scrap uh, or for just for parts. But uh, I would have thought they could have made something more of, you know, somebody buying out the team or whatever. Well, that's, you know, that's pulling been a Ross Braun to a Honda, right? Right. That's been the interesting thing is that it didn't seem like Toyota was that interested in finding a buyer either. Uh, you know, they they said we're out and we're done. So for them, it was just easier to just not deal with it anymore. They just they just wanted it off their balance sheet. And that was that. They don't want to deal with selling it or collecting debts and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, some of the specific assets they are now unloading. But, uh, you know, they weren't trying to sell any of the intellectual property. They weren't trying to just sell. You know, there was talks at time of like, oh, maybe someone, one of the new teams will buy their design for 2010. But that never happened and never sounded like Toyota had that much interest in selling. Yeah, the timing was a little bit strange, too. I mean, they waited till pretty late on uh, in in the talks and negotiations and everything and it looks like you know they were signed on for 2010 and then backed out and uh at, at like a shareholder meeting or you know a big, big press release so um, some suits yeah it was it was a little tricky the way it, it went down um you know but like we say both the drivers have have gotten signed for next year um and it looks like there will be some some value from the team uh, and actually well third driving you know, team o'glock signed as well for next year so um you know as, as far as the drivers anyway uh that the, you know they're moving on and you know uh, management Toyota, I, I, you know, I don't know what will happen to Toyota Team Europe and their, their uh, you know, infrastructure there. But, They'll uh, all be may, put on hybrid programs. May have just kind of uh, gone away. Since they have that uh, kinetic energy recovery system experience, except they don't since Toyota didn't do it. Toyota <laughs> didn't do a hybrid system. Maybe that's why they're leaving. Uh, anyway, moving on. BMW. Yes, obviously. Gone. Yeah, uh, they bought the team, you know, bought out Peter Sauber from the Sauber team and... Uh, BMW said, ah, we're not going to spend the money, not worth it, sorry, we're done. Um, but at the last minute, um, you know, Sauber was able to purchase the team back from BMW. I don't know right. how the money works in these kind of situations. It's, it's kind of nuts. Well, when- Sauber kept a 20% stake in the company even when BMW had it. So through some backings with some shady characters doing some shady things, he ended up getting his 80% that he sold back. And uh, through the... Uh, fortune of Toyota leaving, he was also able to get a slot back because originally they were talking about having 27 and 28 cars on the grid, which would be nuts, wouldn't it? Which would be fantastic. And uh, the other teams, it had to be a unanimous vote yes. A couple of teams said no. And uh, with Toyota leaving, that gave Sauber the slot. Um, there was actually talk of um, another one of the smaller teams that did a bid earlier in the year, maybe getting that slot, buying the slot. But that didn't happen, and I, frankly, am am happy. I would much rather see Sauber back on the grid as opposed to one of the new teams getting the slot. I mean, just going back to all the things you're saying, the infrastructure in place. Yeah, with everything being that close to being a fully functioning Formula 1 team. Exactly, and a a proven team, too. I mean, Sauber is no slouch. So I think that was definitely a good decision. I agree, and uh, it's just interesting. You know, with Peter Sauber, uh, thankfully, I think – uh, doesn't have kind of the the hard feelings of okay oh you know BMW you know bought me out and then the team kind of floundered a little bit and then the development I mean I guess it, even if he does has those have those bad feelings um, it's it's you know he's moved past that and said okay the best thing is moving forward and he's, I'm sure he'll find a way to make plenty of money out of it and 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 go on but uh, the good news for us as fans at least is that there's another proven team it's not going to be all a bunch of junior racers out there you know it's going to be a, a High level team, top level, you know, competitive team, and uh, you know, as we've seen, fortunes can change so quickly uh, from the end of one season to the beginning of the next. You know, Braun. Yeah. Uh, that uh, who knows who's going to be competitive, but uh, it's cool to see them in there. Yeah. Um, but 
Speaking of which, Braun is gone, but I'm, again, I am jumping ahead. We have a list. We have a list. We actually have a list. We have a list, and we're doing it on Google Docs. We're like 21st century Oh, here. it's not Google Docs, my friend. Google Wave. Google Wave is what I meant to say. It's, yes. Well, I mean, it's basically Google Docs baked but, into some other stuff. I'm just breaking it down. I'm doing what you asked me to do. You said, Robin, break it down for us. Boom. I don't remember asking you to do that. Yeah, you did at the oh, beginning. Okay. Oh, okay. We have, it on, we have it recorded. Oh, on Google Wave? <laughs> All right. Not 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 in uh, in attendance for the 2010 Formula One season. Finnish guy, blonde, likes We're, Coke. Formula One world champion Kimi Raikkonen, ladies and gentlemen, oh. is no longer in Formula One. I hear they ran out of Coke and, and the uh, ice cream, and it's just not going to do it for him anymore. I mean, I'm with you. I like Ferrari. I mean, you know, I like Ferrari. I would give up a lot of things for a Ferrari. Um, Coke's not one of them. Sorry, yeah, no, it just isn't. Had a Coke today. It was delicious. Yeah, that Coke habit of yours, man. I tell yeah. you, that's going to get know, you in trouble one of these you days. You know how much joy Ferrari's given me today? None. You got Coke? That, you got that lots. sweet Ferrari jacket on That is though. true. I actually, I, I am actually, I'm actually wearing my Ferrari jacket and T-shirt. Wow. <laughs> Nerd. I know. I know. Wearing your favorite you know when so You know what someone had the audacity to say to me? Oh, yeah? Do you own a Ferrari? I'm sorry, do you own an IZOD or an alligator? Or do you own a polo field and a bloody racket? What was the no. last time you played polo, I'm my friend? Sorry. Are you allowed to wear that shirt? Are Bastards. you sweating underneath that yeah. sweater? Come on. Yeah, do you own a NASCAR? Anything? <laughs> okay, you weren't Jerk. talking to someone with a NASCAR shirt on. <laughs> sorry. But, okay, but we've obviously digressed. You're right, man. So he's going rallying. He signed a deal with Citroen. With Citroen to, and Red Bull. Yeah, to uh, go rallying. And, uh, and he's, you know... I pretty much took that. I mean, I, I guess who knows with the way F1s and comebacks and F1 drivers are these days. Oh, but sure. He's probably done in F1. I mean, to the way that – I See, I could see it going either way. I think it depends entirely on how Kimi feels and who's interested in him. Maybe maybe he's totally forgotten about because there's a bunch of new talent coming up. Maybe, like maybe Nico Hulkenberg is a total rock star and everybody wants him and some other rookies come up. Um. We definitely have some rookies coming into the field. Yeah, uh, maybe Kovalainen turns out to be good, and uh, you know, in another team, and he's like the Finnish superstar, and it's like, right. Doubt know, it. He's the new Finnish guy. And but maybe maybe Kimi is an absolute rock star in WRC and loves it and wants to stay, or maybe he flounders in it and Red Bull still wants him, or other people want him and he comes back. I, I think it go absolutely either way. And um, what I thought was absolutely fascinating about that is almost every day there was new rumors for, like, the entire month of uh, November, like mid-November to now, <clears throat> until a certain German started taking over the uh, the news and the rumor mills. But uh, before that happened, uh, everything about Reichen is, he might stay in WRC. No, he's going to go to race for Red Bull in 2011. No, he's actually going to, you know... Mary he's going to go to McLaren. And yeah, he's exactly. Gonna, yeah. He's going to go to McLaren and race DTM cars. It's oh, like, it's going to wear a gorilla suit and drive a boat. You know? Exactly. No, it's James Hunt. So anyway, uh, I, I, who knows? I Wait until the middle of next year to even start thinking about it. Perhaps. Um, I, I guess I, it just seems like based on his sort of interest level and, and where he's been, and, and of course we're, I'm looking at this from afar. I don't know the guy. Um, it just seems like it's kind of, you know, F1, he's done his thing in F1. WRC really has, has stricken his fancy, and he wants to go and, and go rallying. Yeah. And, you know, once you get into that and, and sign some contracts and have some deals going or whatever, it may just not really work out to uh, to come back to F1. Although now the stories are actually starting to come out. You know, Kimi Raikkonen may not return to F1. So I, I 
sort of made that logical leap. Uh, maybe that was uh, premature, but and it, uh, no, it's I mean it's absolutely true. He may not, but I think it's just as likely that he will. And I don't think it is entirely insignificant that he's got to deal with Red Bull. I think that Red Bull, in a way, is kind of indirectly hedging their bets with Mark Webber a little bit. Um, and I think Red Bull, if the opportunity arose, would definitely love to snag uh, a Raikkonen and put it in the car. And I think if you want a team that fits Raikkonen's personality, I think Red Bull is actually the team. And as long as Red Bull retains Adrian Newey, and if the Renault engine actually has enough snuff next year, I think that could continue to be an extremely competitive car, which suits Raikkonen's fancy just fine, and away you go. Yeah. Indeed. Um, also not appearing next year, Donington Park uh, with the, for the British Grand Prix. Yes. Uh, there was that whole, um, you know, oh, we're not going to have a British Grand Prix. You know, we are going to have a British Grand Prix, but it's not going to be at Silverstone, and it's going to be at Donington. Or, or, you know, they don't have the money. Oh, but they're going to get the money. No, they didn't get the money. Yeah. Um, we, we talked about that a little bit. But and at the end of the day, um, that deal has, has totally gone away. Luckily, uh, a deal has been struck with Silverstone, and yes. tickets have been on sale and have actually been selling really, really well. I think yes. a lot of British fans are, Bacon just, sandwiches. are, just, are just geeked <laughs> about, um, you know, the, the F1 being back on the, you know, certainly on the calendar at Silverstone at sort of the, you know, Maybe not the best Grand Prix circuit out there, but you know the British Grand Prix circuit that it has been for the yeah. modern era. Well, and, and that's it. We actually had some mixed results on the Facebook page a little bit. Almost 450 fans, by the way, um, saying you know, some some of our uh, English English fans were saying, you know what, Silverstone's not that great of a track to watch the race. Yeah, and for us, you know, well, I at least I can't comment on that at all because I've only seen it on television. And I've always really enjoyed Silverstone as a track. You've actually been there, and I thought you really liked it. I did. Um, I I had the you know the opportunity. We actually rode bicycles from a, a guy's house that lives in Brackley. We rode we rode bikes into the. What, what's a what's a? Bicycle? It doesn't have a motor on it. It's not you wouldn't it like. It doesn't have no. a motor. So uh, how do you how does so, it move? But no, but traffic. Does it wise, go downhill? Is it like bobsledding? Like it was you get, a lot it's like better a rope at downhills than uphills. Can I? Can, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a guy that bikes every day. Uh, but, how many colors did you see? <laughs> Oh boy! So, I love so the all, all the nonsense of you know the tra- the traffic and and all the stuff that a lot of people have to deal with. Um, I was right up there with the guys with the private jets. You know, I didn't have to worry about the uh, all the, the road congestion because I just cycled on past it. Um, so that was <laughs> that was great. Um, but, you were at the private jet slash yeah, bicycle parking. I mean, it was my first time at the track, so I didn't really quite know the lay of the land of where we got seats and all that. I ended up in, it was in the farm complex, which was okay. I mean, there was there's kind of the chicane there before you go under bridge, and you can see the cars going through there, and it's kind of the only elevation change in the, on all of Silverstone. Oh, weren't you at in front of cops? No. Oh, where were you? Farm. I just said. Oh, right is that a bridge? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that. So, but no, I mean, but during uh, practice and qualifying, you know, we could go around to wherever, and so I, I you know, I spent a little bit of time in a lot of the different paddock areas. But because in the nature of that track, you're kind of always on the outside of it. Um, the paddock was inside, and I, I wasn't in there except you know, for a little bit. So it, it kind of takes forever. I mean, you know, to cycle or, or walk from, um, you know, from any of the, you know, from the main straight, um, and, 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 you know, and cops and, and all that over to farm or whatever. It's kind of a big laid out, you know, just a, well, it is, a it big is area it's an old, it's, it's an old airfield and that yeah. doesn't necessarily lend itself to, uh, you know, it wasn't designed with you know, right. those kind of things in mind. You know, although Sebring is actually also an old airfield, and that's actually pretty good for that. But I don't know, so maybe, maybe that's just the specifics of Silverstone. But uh, I, I would like to take a moment and say uh, three cheers for Damon Hill, and that uh, Bernie Ecclestone is still a dick. 
um, the 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 way those negotiations were going down were ridiculous. Yeah, uh, Bernie was at, was obviously at a disadvantage, but he was still trying to work the same deal. But Damon Hill actually came through. It is a 17 year deal for Silverstone, and uh, that is, I think, a good thing. Uh, definitely for the fans watching on TV, it's a classic track. It is a good proper F1 track. Um, but they are they are going through yet another major upgrade. They're talking. They're getting a new layout for the MotoGP race that's coming there, hmm. and they might have a new Grand Prix circuit with some modifications to try to improve things a little bit. And I think for 2011, not for this coming year, but for 2011, they're targeting yet another upgrade to the pits to try to get it up to standards. I don't know if it's going to have lights over a hotel and a Ferrari, you know, theme park or whatever, but it's going to have. You know, more, you know, more fish and chip stands or something. Yeah, those English, man, they love the fish and chip stands. And that was the other thing I actually read that was interesting. I don't know how that's going to come in. They're talking about equal garage space for everyone. There's, like, no more discrepancy between the top teams and the low teams with garage Yeah, the nice at the sharp end and and everyone else. I mean, I guess we'll have to see how – if all the current – current tracks are able to support you know 26 cars uh and all the all the teams involved and all the transporters and everything maybe they they sort of have to squeeze some guys in at the at the big end too just uh to, to fit everyone in these pet in these uh paddock areas and the, the pit lanes because man it's a lot it's a lot more cars than it has been than uh, than even since i've been watching f1 and been been involved in the sport so it's uh it's it's gonna be pretty wild to see that um but i mean yeah i mean silverstone it's it's still i mean the cars hardly hit the brakes for the first like two-thirds of the lap almost i mean you know until until you get through abbey it's just kind of like you know a couple of lifts and whatever and it's just you is know, that right by farm no that's that's earlier in the lap oh <laughs> just because you don't know the corner names at silverstone all right just oh man our english listeners think we're idiots at this point well uh, is that new anyway you're saying, but I mean, so yeah, driving wise, but it's just got you know, it's just classic. And I guess uh, as the cars change, you know, the tires and the downforce regulations and all that, and going from V8s to you know V10s to V8s, um, you know, I guess cops used to be um, just this like you know crazy balls to the wall. Oh, can you do it flat or can you not? You know, with V10s and now and it's whatever easiest. And now flat. I think everyone's pretty well flat. You know, earlier on in the weekend or whatever. So, uh, but that makes the, the you know some of the mean, other changes the dynamics. That's of some of the true other of Rouge and Spa as well, and that's still a badass true. corner. True. Pardon the language. Right. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I think it's good that it's Silverstone. I think uh, you know, a lot of people when when they first made the Donington Park deal, was like, who, who who are they kidding? They'll never be ready in time. That'll never work. It never even makes sense to do that anyway. Turns so, out they were right. Turns out they you know, hey, now they can uh, they can have their have their race at Silverstone. And I told you so for everyone. There you go. So anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, what do we have here next on the list? Who's new? No, before that, who's still not going to be there? In 2010, they will be there, but not in 2011. Oh God, I totally Bridgestone, skipped them. The tire yes. supplier. Um, they have announced, uh, and it was kind of out of the blue. I mean, I don't really. I guess you don't hear a whole lot of Bridgestone since they've been the sole tire supplier. Um, you don't necessarily hear a lot of specific news from them or updates on what they're going to do, but. Um, they have said that after 2010, they are not going to be making tires for, for Formula One anymore. And I don't think anyone has quite uh, come to the fore and say, oh, yeah, we're going to do that. that, that well, that's I think us. they are. They already – I think Michelin said, mm, maybe we'll talk to the guys. But Goodyear said, no thanks. Yeah. We've got plenty to do with NASCAR and everything else, and we're going to just keep getting her done there. And um, I think if it were up to Bernie, he'd want someone in the Middle East to do it because he f- he's fallen in love with that place. Um, and, uh, I don't know who's going to supply tires. Maybe it'll be, uh, uh, Futura. 
like the discount tire. Well, I mean, it, no, interestingly though, I mean, with all the, the you know all the Korean money coming into Formula One now, with you know the Korean car makers starting to come on the scene, um, the Korean this, with Korean Grand Prix. For, you going with Hankook or Kumho? Yeah, I mean Kumho. Who knows, right? Who knows? I mean, it's. I like, mean, that would that would notch him up on the credibility scale. Yeah, weirder things have happened. I mean, it could. I mean, I, I don't know if we get to the even the Chinese. Can you tire imagine suppliers. a Ferrari with Kumho tires? <laughs> <laughs> Or, or we could get back to a multiple constructor, you know, multiple tire constructor options. I mean, there's the Pirellis or the Kumos, and you know, that it's, would be cool. it could be it could be wild. So make go back. Come on, uh, I want to see the Brits like bring it back to uh, bring back and put it on like you know uh, a Dunlop tire or. Maybe uh, what's that? An Avon tire yeah, or something those, like that. All those companies, all those tire brands have been so consolidated, though. If you really look at it, you know the Dunlops are, are I think they're Michelin now, aren't they? They're part of their well, Michelin and Gent. No, I don't even know. No, that's Continental. In Continental general. in general, yeah. So um, Continental tires, yeah, that's a good German company. They ought to make some F1 tires. I don't yeah. know. So who knows? We don't know a whole lot about the tire situation, except that uh, hopefully, you know. I'm, Somebody's got to step up and make some tires for these cars to run on. Otherwise, I don't know. I don't know what would happen. Otherwise, yeah. then we'll. Bernie's like, oh, we don't need tires. We'll just we'll run on the rims, and that'll be sparks, and it'll be a better show, better show. Oh, it's all for the fans. So anyway, that we've got at least we've got a year to sort that out, and uh, you know, someone someone will go down that route. Yes, uh, and or we'll end up on really just crap tires, and it'll be like Kmart brand tires. And yeah, <laughs> which would be kind of cool to you watch. Know, the tires you pick up down at the Tesco or whatever. <laughs> Okay, who's new? Yes. Um, top of the list, man, for us anyway, USF1. Um, I'm, I'm getting a little bit nervous about this about this USF1 deal because it was real exciting. Okay, Peter Windsor, Ken Anderson, well, they all, were kind of like experience. We're this dark horse spy, you yes. know, skunk works team. We're going to do things differently, but, man, we're going to do it all efficient. It's going to be great. We're all geeked about that. But oh, yeah. And they were kind of the first ones out. They were kind of talking and making some noise before they even really talked about adding three new teams and the whole – expansion and who was going to get in who wasn't and of course they did get in they've been talking they said this peter windsor said this whole program started six years ago it was either six years ago or in 2006 yeah one or the other but anyway it's been going on for a while and then the releases come and everyone's been making announcements and usf1 has been absolutely silent right i mean the so they're the only team that hasn't officially confirmed a single driver. I mean, there's all, all the other teams have, you know, there's, there's rumors. A lot of the, t- most of the teams now have confirmed both drivers and some of the, even the test drivers. Um, the only thing they've talked about is, uh, Jose Maria Lopez, um, who is an Argenti- Argentine, uh, race driver who's said, you know, he's, he's got to put together an $8 million sponsorship package and, uh, you know, sources say he's close or whatever, but still no confirmations, which is, and, and, and frankly, I mean, I've been seeing all these different uh, links and stuff going back and forth around on Twitter and Facebook and whatnot. Um, all these videos making fun of uh, USF1 and how the, you know, oh, the USF1 car photos have been released. And it's like some rusted out old Pontiac and it's like, oh, Formula One. So uh, whatever, jerks. <laughs> so hopefully um, the, the the boys in North Carolina are going to get their stuff together soon. And, and you know, ha- or they already have their stuff together and they're just playing their cards close to their chest. And they're going to be like, oh, Michael Schumacher is driving for USF1. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and something amazing will happen. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Here's hoping, right? It'll be Michael um, Schumacher's it be American cousin. The laughing stock of uh, it's gonna they're gonna show up in like a '91 Camaro, and just... it'll be Tony Schumacher, the drag racer, be like, dude, you know you have to turn right, and he's like, oh yeah, right, I can turn right. No, 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 no parachute, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? What? There's two pedals and some hand controls in this car. It's no. it's crazy. 
so yeah, I mean, I, so so far there's, there's the laughing stock of the of the F1 grid, which I mean, is great. Which okay, it's Americans, yeah, have a laugh in our expense. Sure, you know that, that's all, that's all fine. But I just we I hope... still have Obama and the Thigh Master and <laughs> high fructose corn syrup. So oh, there, oh, we're boom, big, we're big on that. What, what are you gonna do? But I and mean, tasty burritos. They're gonna have the Cosworth engine, same as like three quarters of the field. Um, everybody's on the same tires. I mean, it's just, I guess, you know, down to the aerodynamics and the drivers, and we don't know the drivers, and we don't know the aerodynamics, so... And it's not going to be Danica Patrick. Yeah. That's pretty much settled. Danica Patrick has signed a two-year... No, is it? It's, a, I think, a multi-year agreement with Andretti Racing, uh, so she will be in IndyCar again next year, I think, for at least two years, and she's also signed a two-year agreement with the JR Motorsports, which is Junior uh, Motorsports. Junior, for those that don't speak North Carolina. And she's going to be running in the Nationwide Series in NASCAR, which is one step below the Sprint Cup, which is the big, big deal. Yeah, so she's going to be doing this two-series kind of part-time nationwide thing, and it's just... And she's going to be making more money than probably most of the F1 drivers. Yeah, she's she's going to be everywhere as far as the ads and the stock cars. Oh, it's a big thing. It's reinvigorating NASCAR and all this stuff. And Sponsored yeah, by GoDaddy. Yeah, that's her, the, her main sponsor is the uh, the domain name company GoDaddy, which I don't know how big they are outside the U.S., but they're yeah. pretty well advertised around here with Super Bowl ads yeah, and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the, actually her main sponsor instead of it was Boost Mobile, it was Motorola for a while, but uh, her main sponsor in both IndyCar and in stock cars. And uh, the, the the Danica Patrick marketing machine moves on, man. Oh, man. I mean, and she I, is incredible. And I guess credit to her, and I don't say this often, uh, that she is spending her time racing. You know what I mean? Like she could just as easily just be doing a bunch of promotions and not racing. Sure. But the fact that she's willing to stick her neck out in the Nationwide Series, I'll give her credit for that. I think she's going to get owned. But <laughs> I, I do give her credit for going out and giving a shot. And maybe maybe she's going to uh, – maybe she's going to put some uh, critics to bed. But I, I don't know. She's got a lot of critics to, uh, <laughs> to, to deal with, including a couple at the F1 show. Anyway, uh, USF1 has not been uh, – talking saying much or doing anything jim and i are gonna see if we can't do anything about that yes but um for the meantime we are gonna move on to i believe it was at one point called manor racing yeah minor grand prix um now known as virgin racing virgin racing Um, owned by who now Richard Branson, man, our, our our boy, but he's not our boy at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, Do you mean so, that blonde-haired chick? <laughs> I think that's a dude. <laughs> um, no, man. So no, I mean, I, I, have, I have a lot of respect for Richard Branson. I mean, he's he's hey, made got facial hair. He's made might want to wax. <laughs> he's made bajillions of dollars, um, but he's done cool stuff with it, right? He's like, oh, I'm fair gonna, enough. I'm going to buy. Space I'm gonna, and I, whatever. Like, I like to play with trains. Oh, I'm going to buy some some railroads, and I'm going to have real sized trains to play with, and and it's like, oh, oh, there's a spaceship now. I'm going to buy that, and I'm going to make the Virgin Galactic spaceport. Well, and you've read, I'm sure, about his passenger spaceship where you can fly up in yeah, exactly. outer yeah. space and he said his first the first flight is going to be him and his mom and his kids or something like that hey man so gotta, that's kind of cool you gotta help your family if you have a spaceship you should take your family on your <laughs> spaceship i think that i mean if i had a spaceship i would saying. not take my family nope yeah fair enough i just wouldn't yeah you wouldn't um okay but anyway so um not enough barf bags in the world they have confirmed 
Timo Glock is their lead driver, and Lucas DeGrassi um, being the first of many, uh, many, many rookies that will be uh, involved next year in F1. Um, they've also even got their their test driver sorted out. It was a little bit weird the actual announcement about Virgin Racing. You know, it was minor Grand Prix. That was how they applied to the um, how they applied to the FIA for for. Uh, admission, admittance to 2010, um, and then all the press releases came out from the World Motorsport Council, from the FIA, saying, "Okay, yeah, it's going to be Virgin Racing." And then, like a week later, they came out with a press release: "Minor Grand Prix is now Virgin Racing." And so, like, <laughs> we all figured that out. We like, got it. Way to have a big party after everyone already knew. Well, the thing that's interesting, I would love to know how much Richard Branson is paying for this, because, as I'm sure most of you are aware. Virgin was scattered across the Braun GP car last year, but they never be, they were never able to make a primary sponsorship deal. Just the money wouldn't work out. Um, Braun, Ross Braun wanted more money than Richard Branson was willing to give. And so I'm very curious to know how much it cost Sir Richard to uh, put his uh, company name on the uh, – on the manor car. Yeah, although getting an up-and-coming team right as they are just making the jump to Formula One is a pretty different thing than, you know, coming into Ross Braun's office and all the all the know-how and all these, you know, he's had and how he's taken over the team, especially. And, and that was, I don't think that was even from the start. I mean, it was already sort of proven that that car was, was good and competitive and that, wow, it turns out Jensen actually, you know, still has, uh, has more of that skill left than we thought. And, you know, even Rubens is racy and all that. Um, so, I mean... Ross Brown had a lot of cards in that in that game, and, and I guess Richard Branson had nothing but money. Um, whereas you know, up and coming team, you know, Manor nothing Grand but money, is, and he wanted to keep it. Yeah, uh, you know, there's uh, it's it's a pretty different situation. So hopefully, um, you know, I guess and you know, the title sponsor, it's going to be considered. You know, the Virgin is, it is the constructor. You know, it's it's a Virgin car now. It's all that, so it's not like a co sponsorship Manor or whatever. Um, so it, it's it you know we'll let um we'll let our fans insert whatever cherry popping joke they'd like to add on their own we won't do it ourselves um fair enough the other thing that's kind of cool is that the lotus team is co-owned by the founder of air asia if i am correct and what i actually enjoy and we've had some fun talking about this on facebook is there is a wager going on between lotus f1 and virgin racing uh that whichever team finishes worse between the two, the owner of the losing team has to come on the owner uh, come on a flight of the winning team's airline and act as a stewardess. Oh boy, I didn't know about that. Yeah, so it's um, so uh, Virgin uh, Richard Branson says, you know, I'll absolutely take the bet and I'll reciprocate if you guys win. Um, but I know we're going to win, so I hope you like. I think you'll look snappy in our Virgin airline. Uh, stewardess dress, and then Lotus responded by uh, photoshopping in a picture of an Air Asia outfit with Richard Branson's face, hence the blonde chick comment. And uh, so that's going to be a bet, and we'll see if they actually follow through with it because someone's going to have to lose that bet. Absolutely. So anyway, fun stuff. And you know, honestly, it's nice to have a little bit of fun. That's what's great. We need more billionaires in the sport because they more just know just how to get time. Billionaires. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, not logical billionaire billionaires, random ones. And it's cool too. Now, I mean, some of the sponsorship coming from different avenues. Now that tobacco is outlawed, um, that there's, I mean, there's a lot of airlines. If you know, you know, Etihad Air, Airlines or whatever is big as a Ferrari sponsor, Gulf Air doing the whole, um, you know, uh, what Bahrain Grand Prix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then you know, just a lot of these, uh, you know. 
Air Asia, like you're talking about, and, and you know, there's just you know a bunch of them. And so Virgin, obviously, having airlines or whatever. So it's it's interesting to see the the industries. For a while, it was the banks, but then obviously they didn't have such a good year. So um, it's it's still you know it's still kind of interesting diversifying and seeing uh, you know all the different companies that are that are coming in. Although it's you know Ferrari is still you know Team Ferrari Marlboro. They're still you know Marlboro still owns all the sponsorship rights for Ferrari and, and rents it out to other teams. So it's interesting that that legacy of the tobacco era is still involved there. That they are still um, well, that Ferrari with, red and that Marlboro red go together. The, yeah. So I mean, it's and it's been there for years and years and years. It's so instinctive. And it's still Philip Morris, and it's still you know North Carolina based Marlboro, whatever. It's just funny that that's absolutely it, it's held on that long and uh, still continues to hold on. Um, but uh, so another one of the new teams, brand new teams, is is Lotus F1, um, which of course has nothing to do with Colin Chapman and the old Lotus stuff. But it's the Malaysian company that has owned the Lotus brand for a while and, and been you know making the, the latest rounds of, of Lotus cars. Um, it's also what Proton um, is is another is I think it's the. I think Proton is the parent company, but uh, at any rate, they um, they're you know partially backed by the Malaysian government, and their test driver actually Farouz Fauzi, um, I'm probably not saying that right, um, is actually a Malaysian test driver. He'll be the first Malaysian driver in an F1 car, even though he's only had a test driver this year. Um, maybe he'll move up. Um, and they their drivers, they've got uh, oh nice, there's that there's that Photoshop picture <laughs> with Richard Branson in the in the outfit. It's on the Facebook page. Ah, uh, great. Um, Coffee, tea, or me? But they've got. Uh, they've got Yarno Truly and Heike Kovalainen driving for for Lotus. So, uh, and this is the team. Uh, Tony uh, Tony Fernandez is the uh, man that owns Air Asia and is accepting the challenge with Richard Branson. All right, that is the guy. That's that's brilliant. Um, so I mean, yeah, so Yarno found a drive. I mean, that's that's good for him. I'm, we're a little bit surprised that uh, he does, he's not done with Sutil yet. He doesn't want to race anymore. He just wants another shot at Adrian. <laughs> Turn one, lap one of the... Uh, <laughs> Boom! How do you like that? Be, be Get off just, my lawn! He's going to pull out a shotgun at Sutil, man. It's going to be great. And then and then Firuz Fauzi gets the drive and, every, and everyone's happy. So And then something gets caught on fire and... And Someone he, loses fifty grand. And he's he's got his sweet new camera, so he can take some nice pictures of the incident and <laughs> bring those and hold them out. Oh goodness! All right, other new teams. We gotta keep moving here. It's 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 awfully late here. Uh, the time we're recording this um, is Campos Meta. I I, I don't a Spanish team. I don't know how to say that really. Um, but um, another Cosworth powered team. Um, all, as was you know as is Lotus, as is USF One, as is Virgin. Those are all Cosworth. Uh, teams. Another pretty darn quiet team. They they said that. Bruno Senna is going to be driving their car pretty early on. And that was never officially announced. It just said everything's lined up for Bruno to drive the car. Bruno Senna has basically said, yeah, I'm lined up to drive the Campos car. Um, however, nothing's been officially announced. And not much news coming from them otherwise. No, there is. It's on Autosport. It's, they have a, it's an honor to hand Bruno Senna his chance in Formula 1. They finally confirmed it. Oh, so it is confirmed. Okay, I take that back. That's all the article I can read because I don't subscribe to Autosport Plus, so I get the first paragraph. Ah, <laughs> and I that's see. it, but that's in the first paragraph. You so. know, we're not that poor. We could probably afford one of those subscriptions. We could. Although... You can still get the stuff in other places. Just Autosport is kind of cool having it all together. But anyway, um, but that's a, a Spanish team. They're, they're still talking about uh, possibly deals with uh, Pedro de la Rosa being a Spanish yes, driver yep. and obviously being a, a real talented guy. Um, but like I say, that, that hasn't been sorted out yet. Um, and and I guess that's, yeah, Virgin Campos Lotus USF1. I think the, we've, we've covered the, the brand-new guys. Um, and it's interesting getting, you know, away from the manufacturers. I mean, it's Renault is still an F1 for now um, in, in a slightly different capacity than they used to be. Obviously, Toyota gone, BMW gone, 
Ferrari is is holding it down, and now Mercedes um, as as proper constructors. As, Which as we're going to get to that in just big, a second. Yeah. Big car makers being left in F1. So the landscape has really changed more than we even realized. You know, at the end of last season, we knew things were changing, but you know, with since then, to, you know, BMW dropping out entirely, and Toyota dropping out, and Renault, and then Honda just about dropping Honda out. Twelve and months Honda earlier, previous so. year, yeah, it's and, and really it's, changed. It's been very interesting. Uh, very different opinions about whether that's a good thing or a bad thing from different parts of the community uh, in F1. Ferrari, for one, has said that they definitely think it's a bad thing. Yeah. Um, Max Mosley actually said that he thinks it's a bad thing, and he thought that he could have possibly kept some of the manufacturers in there. Um, but, of course, he blames the FOTA for knocking the, that out. So that, that gets to a whole other bottle of wax. But before we get to that, I did want to announce some good news. Uh, which I hope goes through and I hope goes the way it's planned. For the 2010 season, they are talking about letting some former F1 drivers take part in the job of race steward in the races for 2010. Meaning that hopefully we can get little less screwball decisions such as Mark Webber having to give up two places in a race because... Alonzo, he he didn't let yeah, Alonzo and, pass. And he should have, and then Alonzo got passed the by somebody. Race thirty second penalties that changed the podium after the whole ceremony is already yes. done, and all and, that random stuff. Fifty thousand dollars for catching someone on fire. Yeah, and some of it I think is is sense, but I mean, I guess hopefully it's the same drivers or at least you know similar enough from race to race because part of it is the oddball punishments but a lot of our problem with the stewards decisions is just the inconsistency if one guy you know catches right. someone else on fire and is not considered a problem is oh you go on with your race and another guy has a wheel fall off that oh my god that could have been dangerous like, yeah yeah what yeah <laughs> you know and it very you know and oh and your team is banned from the next race I mean, right just having exactly. huge disparities in punishment is part of what uh, is, is a really big issue so oh, and even just little things like oh you kind of blocked oh that was fine doesn't really affect it as all oh you kind of blocked Two people have to go by. Oh, 25 seconds. You go, uh, come on, consistency, yeah. please. Like, someone write this down. Someone write down what we penalized these guys for last time and just let's stick to that. Yeah. So hopefully that's part of it. I think, I think you know, they realize there's a problem there and, and think that's a good step, obviously, having drivers involved there. Absolutely. Uh, you know, former drivers. Because uh, a lot of times, you know, like Sir Jackie Stewart would come out after a race and he's just like, what the heck are they punishing him for? That's what you're supposed to be doing in a race. Exactly. Pushing exactly. this guy to there and doing this. So, yeah, hopefully those guys really understand it uh, as, you know, Better than better than the, the race stewards and uh, can help that part of it because that was obviously a bit of a sore spot at different points throughout the season this year. Okay, so Mercedes Grand Prix. This is interesting to me, and I'll tell you why. Mercedes has a stake in three F1 teams that I know of. He, they've got a forty percent stake in McLaren. Yep, a seventy-five percent stake in Braun, which is now called is now, Mercedes GP, yeah, considered. Mercedes. But they also own a chunk of Red Bull. How does this work? And Force India uses Mercedes engines, so they're in this whole. They've got multiple customers. They've got all these stakes in different areas. I don't know. I mean, I guess <laughs> it's. I think. I think uh, the FIA would probably like to enforce some conflict of interest rules, but they realize that if they did that. They would only have like one team left on the team. I, that's so it's, it's I like, think it's kind of like uh, we'll just kind of not worry about the fact that there may be some some conflicts. I mean, I guess ultimately, is there is there a conflict of interest? I mean, when each of those teams wants to get as far up the grid as they possibly can, I mean, everybody wants to win. Um, I, I I guess you wonder how much controlling they can do from say you know in different ways. But I guess I I, I like to err on the side of 
it's not a big conspiracy. It's probably just everyone's going to go and right. try and their best. I agree with that. What I don't understand but, is who who in the board of directors is saying, "Yeah, let's buy that." It's like a it's like a four year old in the in the toy section of a store. It's like I want this one and this one and this one and this one and this one. It's like uh, those are all pretty similar things. Like, no, this one's a different color. Yeah, uh, well, you know what I mean. Like, uh, why do you need that much steak? Now, okay, I understand. It's you know. Over the next two years or something, Mercedes-Benz is going to be selling off its stake in McLaren. And I think there's a very good possibility that McLaren will switch engines in the not-too-distant future. Um, but I, I do not understand the ownership of Red Bull and how that works out. And um, and I, I don't understand um, – I'm very curious to see how long-term this Mercedes Grand Prix thing is because – so. Just real quick to close the thought, McLaren is now building road cars. That's what Ron Dennis is up to these days. And McLaren is not using Mercedes engines for their road cars. In fact, they have started to build their own engines, mm-hmm. which I wonder if long-term McLaren is going to try to supply their own F1 engines. That's going to be a pretty big undertaking. That's an absolute possibility. So um, they see McLaren as a real competitor, like a true competitor, not just in racing, but in the marketplace. Yeah, I wonder why they couldn't take over, like, Toyota's Formula One engine-building ability, you know? Like, take over the IP and stuff and, and have be that much closer to already having their own engine capability. I, you know, you just think I about it, know. like, because Toyota did everything, gearboxes and everything. I know they had right. a gearbox deal with Williams, but, like, you know, we just think about, oh, this this is a whole company that has all the intellectual property, all the designs, all the stuff, and staff and, and machines and everything. I know they're in Germany. But, but you know who McLaren, who Ron Dennis is benchmarking for this venture, don't you? No. Ferrari. They well, want to be the next Ferrari. Yeah. They want to be just like Ferrari. They want to have their own road cars, and the road car supports the racing, and the racing is attached to the road cars, and, you know, all this. I don't know. This late in the game, I, it's going to take a while to get that level of, you know, that level of interest. I mean, Ferrari is probably the best-known brand in the world. Could be, yeah. And, certainly most sought after, yeah, favorably. Everybody yeah. likes it. And, uh I don't know. That's a that's a big. Well, leap. I think with the Mercedes thing, I, I they you know they have money, and if anything, I, I feel like some of this you know if if there were other investors lined up to buy the different state you know buy back some of the stakes in these different teams, um, or if if it eventually goes to the point where there are more engine suppliers and and you know fewer fewer teams rely on Mercedes power and so on, they may be happy to relinquish that uh, that control and, and, you know, just divest themselves of some of these uh, different teams. But I guess the way everything is with banks and other, you know, governments and all these other, you know, uh, institutions that would love to spend some money and be involved in Formula One, just not being able to with the credit crunch and everything else that's gone on, um, I, it, I'm sort of hoping anyway that Mercedes just kind of saying, hey, you know what, we're going to kind of float this for a while. We're going to keep these teams in. So these, you know, these people are still working. The teams are still making F1 cards. Everyone's keeping current. And like you say, two years down the road, they can uh, sort of assess how well is our factory Mercedes effort going now? Um, can that really be the main focus? We can get rid of this Red Bull. We can get rid of whatever and, and you know, let the, let the other banks and other, you know, institutions that have hopefully built up some money and can spend that. Um, I guess that's kind of my, my hope for uh, how that may be progressing. And that's not really, um, I don't have any insider knowledge on that, but I just kind of hope it would go down the, go down that road and uh, we'll have to see. Um, McLaren road car looks pretty sweet, you know, it as, does, as, it a, does. as a total aside. And the fact that it's its own engine, it's owns, <laughs> the fact that they use their own engine, I think is very cool. And I'm, I, I hope that it proves to be a reliable lump. Yes. Now, speaking of Mercedes, perhaps we should talk about 
the potential old German that they're going to have driving for them. Right. So they have confirmed Nico Rosberg as one of their drivers. And actually, Mercedes has been a big proponent um, for years and years in F1 of really, you know, of having German drivers in the fields, you know, back to Heinz Harald Frensen and, uh, and, you know, you know, back in the day. Um, but so they, it's, it's, you know, now a German team, even though, you know, it was Ross Braun and all that. So now the ownership is technically German. They've confirmed Nico Rosberg is a German and they, I guess, you know, are, you know, there's talks about having another pretty well-known German, uh, fill that, that the other seat. Tiger Woods. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's been in the news a lot lately too, but, uh, for very different reasons, but oh, no, man, oh, this, oh. this whole Michael Schumacher come, come back, Rumors just 41 years old, just getting back into it. He's like pulling a Mario Andretti here. Yeah. And we're kind of, of, of mixed minds about this, I guess. I mean, it's, it's, um, I think, you know, once you've, once you've retired and come back, I mean, there's kind of the Michael Jordan effect where it's like it was, you know, oh, you know, in, in, in basketball in the U.S., it's just like, you know, oh, you have this amazing career and you retire. And, oh, wow, wasn't that great? You really put an end out. Oh, I'm coming out of retirement. Oh, I'm retiring again. No, wait, I'm not yeah, retiring. Yeah, just exactly. kind of like, and then just kind of, you know, lost any of the the punch it had of of sort of you know doing your thing and really being the best and then quitting it to get to top of your game or whatever right and i mean you know michael schumacher really has solidified himself as certainly the best living f1 driver yeah and definitely arguably the best of all time i'm not exactly sure if jim and i would vote him best of all time but he's absolutely up there i mean it's it's one of those yeah winningest but it's hard to call him best because of some of the ways he got the winningest or whatever but right yeah but and, i mean and just the no way the way that the way the uh, sport has changed yeah. over time as well. And, that and kind just, of thing. you know, the, the driving talent and the engineering ability and all that. But uh, either way, it's all subjective whatever. and it's all – I mean he's he's absolutely incredible. But that does not guarantee success here. And the connection between Schumacher and Ferrari and the deal he's got is so so sweet there. That to me is 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 a little bit hard to – I don't fully understand giving it up. Now, I do understand and respect – his interest in driving again, but God, I don't know. It's not clear cut to me. Yeah, I mean, uh, and and I always just you know Michael Schumacher just is Ferrari to me, and in, in, yeah. in my knowledge, I mean, I know he's had a history with Mercedes, um, and and there's you know it's not that weird, but it's just like I can't I can't imagine Michael Schumacher in in you know just a, a driving suit that's with anything that's but but prancing horse on it. It just it just seems so strange to me. Yeah. And um, Luca Demonazello said that they started their relationship in ninety five. Yeah. I mean and you know they did start the relationship in ninety five. I mean, think about that. It's fourteen years ago, almost fifteen years ago. I mean he and uh so it's it's very interesting. However, so that's the naysight. The the great side, I mean it's Michael Schumacher. Uh, you know Lewis Hamilton revels in the chance to race Michael Schumacher. Sebastian Vettel revels in the chance to race Michael All these Schumacher. Guys, yeah, I mean to I have mean, to have that as a, as a benchmark. I mean, it's cool being able to you know, oh, I beat you know Fernando Alonso and two time you know world champion and and you know obviously another good just really just driver's driver and all that. Um, but Schumacher, I mean, come on, that's 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 the guy if you're in F1 to be able to prove yourself. I mean, I want to see Kamui Kobayashi like pushing Schumacher. That's out, what you I'm know? talking like, about. Get him out of the dirt and everything. That that would be great, you know. So if if he comes back, I mean, it's that that'll be. I, I guess I hope that he can he can be competitive and doesn't uh, end up just you know kind of wallowing around or having you know complications with his neck injury and causing him health problems or having anything like that. I mean, it just, there's, it seems like, dude, you're getting old. Well, the other thing too, is like the other side of it is putting your family at risk, right? I mean, they've, they've lived through that. They understand that. And it's like, oh, he made it. And it's like, oh wait, no chance. Number two. I mean, 
yeah. still a very dangerous and there's all this sport. talk about yeah if, if you know his wife is not a, not for this whole comeback thing and she might leave him over this and i don't i mean we don't get all the all the kind of tabloid news so um over here that you know that, that uh, the rest of the world does you but silly europeans worrying about we don't have any of that over here about Karina we, don't, Schumacher. we don't worry about that um uh, but uh, what's more almost definitely mercedes will have an all german lineup i think heifeld slotted in as the very strong uh, 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 bridesmaid here, like you know, definitely, definitely on deck to get that seat if Schumacher, for whatever reason, turns it down. Um, so so then, be- yeah, potentially at the top level of, uh, and certainly at the top end of the of the of the orders. I mean, you know, we've got the you know German dream team um, as number uh, you know cars number three and four, and cars number one and two. We've got the like all Britain all stars two last two world, two world champions. the last two world champions, both yeah. British in the British McLaren. It could be very interesting. I now conversely to this whole Michael Schumacher thing, I am very clear with this one. I think. Jensen Button deserves huge amounts of credit to go to McLaren. And I think it's a relatively savvy move, move too, because Mercedes Grand Prix, I mean, Braun, they built an absolutely great car. But part of the reason why it was so good is they took advantages. They took advantage of the way the rules were written because they were written a little bit on the loose side. The other teams have now caught up. Mercedes Grand Prix is still running on a smaller budget than most of the teams. And Mercedes is an absolute powerhouse. And... I think Mercedes could very well have the stronger car in 2010. And I think if Button can prove to hold his own against Hamilton, that'll increase his credibility. Even if he isn't faster, if he holds his own against him, I think that'll increase Button's credibility, not decrease it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a big move, and it seems a little a little strange when you have a brand-new team coming up, rising from the ashes, all that stuff, you know, keeping on the same drivers and really having faith in these drivers, even though the results weren't very good, and then... Braun wins the constructor championship. Jensen wins the driver championship, and then what do um, what, what do Button and Barrichello do? They both leave They're other teams. I mean, right. it's a little weird on the face of it, but I think if you if you look into it a little bit, um, I think I'm in agreement there. It's kind of this this swap around of everybody moving around. Um, so it's yeah, it's going to be wild. It's it's uh, funny that you know Jensen Button will be car number one. Lewis Hamilton for the second time in his career will be car number two. <laughs> uh, there I think will be some interesting uh, you know clashes there between who is the number one and number two driver in the team with with. Lewis and Hamilton and uh, Lewis and Hamilton uh, with with you know Lewis and Jensen as far as um, you know obviously there's there's some big rivalries there and I'm sure the uh, a lot of the English fans will probably get into that um, although there was even some talk of um, you know Anthony Hamilton and and Lewis like kind of almost restarting the whole the old the old tradition of a driver owned team of of like one of the uh, you know one of the the marches or the brabums of the of, of days of old where they were you know the with, gurneys with all these uh with all these uh different teams coming around and, and you know some of these sort of i guess bargain formula one teams for lack of a better term it seems like you know they could almost uh, you know get some investors together and you know oh why you know with, with all these small teams hey let's pick up our own team and almost you know separate from the mclaren so that obviously hasn't happened for this year but uh there's just so many crazy prospects with the way things are shaking I, out right I now. don't i really hope they don't do that i i don't think that's smart um, and Anthony, sometimes you just feel like he needs to get whacked on the head and brought, brought back down to earth when you hear things like that. It's like, dude, I'm sorry that your you know your son isn't the end all be all in the team right now. But if he's good enough driver, which everyone thinks he is, he'll be fine. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it doesn't need to be like that. So um, I think if you're cool with this, Jim, I would like to do a quick rundown of teams and drivers just so we make sure we fill all the gaps here. Sure. We got a nice clearing. List. Okay. Uh, starting with Vodaclone, McLaren. 
Starting with what? <laughs> Vodafone McLaren Mercedes. We have in the number one car, Britain, Jensen Button. In the number two car, Britain, Lewis Hamilton. Mercedes Grand Prix, German team, German Nico Rosberg, second seat, like we talked about, possibly Schumacher, possibly Heidfeld, probably German, not confirmed yet. Uh, in the Red Bull racing car with Renault engines, in the number five car, it will be Sebastian Vettel. In the number six car, Mark Webber. No change, so they're sticking with what you know what got them so close to the championship this year. One of the very few no changes, right? And uh, they're saying, "Hey, we're we're good with what we got, and that's cool for them." Moving on, and and in what used to seem like a big uh, thrilling move um, in the Ferrari cars, which is now the number <laughs> seven even and eight news anymore. Felipe Massa is back in the you know back in the car for next year. No no big surprise there. And Fernando Alonso, when you remember that was all oh, the rumors and will he or won't he and how's yes. the song? You know when that was the big like. Well, once once Alonso's there, the driver thing will all kind of sort itself out, and here we are. It's like it's like totally you know, last year's news. Oh, yeah, and Alonso, yeah. yeah, whatever, whatever. Ferrari driver. Sure. And in the reserve seat will be Italian Giancarlo Fisichella. There it is. Yes. Uh, next, I, next down the road, uh, down the road, we've got a British team, AT&T Williams, Cosworth Power, um, with Rubens Barrichello uh, and Nico Hulkenberg, um, one of the uh, one of the higher level rookies uh, as far as uh, team GP2 placement. GP2 champion reigning. And uh, after that, it is the Renault F1 team. Yes, they will remain in the sport for 2010. However, there is some other investors involved in that car. It will be a Renault engine, surprisingly enough. And in that car, the only confirmed driver is the number 11 car of Robert Kubica. And However, he's not too happy with the new ownership and the buy-off of the team. Yeah, I have Janai Capital Investments or yes, something. Yes, yes. And he wants to Genie. take a look at the details of that contract before he says, I actually want to drive this I mean, Renault it's a pretty car. big deal, too. I mean, they bought 75% of the team. It's, it's a pretty big change. And I guess if you sign on to something, you know, you sign on to buy a house and then they change three quarters of the house, you're like, oh, wait a minute here. Yeah, let's, hold let's on. Let's see what, what our deal is. So that may even change yet. Um, and like I say, that's, that's the only driver that's been confirmed. I think, I, I guess as a driver, um, if, if you've got the options and Renault comes up to you, it's kind of like, yeah, let's sort of see how you guys shake out a little bit here. Right, because right. especially with the Toyota They're very hot and cold. They, they said they were in. They didn't they turn out to quit entirely. Renault, oh, no, we're in. And then there's, a, you know, with all the, the crash gate and all that, and then being a major manufacturer and with everything that's gone on, Flavio Briatore and Pat Simmons, it's like there's a lot of things working against that team. Um, they are still in the series for now. I hope this isn't a super agree situation where they race God, like three races and not. then they just definitely sort of, hope oh, sorry, we ran out of money, I think it's I think it's unlikely, especially since they are – supplying engines for red bull and i think red bull made sure christian horner made sure that hey we need engines all bloody year you guys are going to be here yeah um coming up next uh the force india f1 team using mercedes power in car number 14 german adrian sutil same as last year and number 15 italian vittonio liuzzi which we feel, I think, pretty strongly deserved the drive. He did very well when he was when he replaced uh, Fisichella last yep, year. Yeah, because he moved up, and, and Liuzzi did better than Fizzy. Yes, he <laughs> in, did. In the Force India. Um, after that, we have uh, Scuderia uh, Toro Rosso. STR. Um, in, with Ferrari power still. They've confirmed Sebastian Buemi, and I think at some point they had confirmed Al Guasuari, and then they kind of like, well, maybe we wouldn't confirm. They like, said it's likely. Of, they've kind of backpedaled on that a little bit. So it's just that, that mid-season driver replacement, especially with this no testing, so, so, so stupid. Yeah. Although they have they have said that will be a new rule. If you decide to switch drivers mid-season, you, that driver can get a one-day test. 
But if you then cancel that new driver switching uh, one day, you have to like lose a test at another point in time or something like that. So they're trying to make sure that people don't gain an advantage from that. Um, yeah. I don't think they should do that. I think that if a team wants to switch drivers midseason, they should deal with the excuse me with the consequences because I don't think you should switch midseason. I don't understand that. At any rate. Hey, man, they used to switch drivers mid-race. You know, you get these great stories of the guy cops well, out of his car gives the other one. So, you know, mid-season, it's yeah, whatever. Yeah, I know. But with the no testing, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, and obviously, I was proven right last year, honestly. Kamui Kobayashi, dude. He came in and rocked but it. But that's because Glock was injured. I mean, ironically enough, I know that it actually doesn't matter, but... I mean, he still didn't have any testing, and he came out and rocked it. That's what I'm saying. So no testing needed. Okay, fair enough. Um, after that, we've got uh, Lotus F1 and the Cosworth Power, like we talked about, Yarno Truly and Hikikovalainen. Um, you know, maybe they'll start strong and then just kind of peter off partway through the race, as yeah, both of those drivers tend to do. Yeah, fuzzy as the reserve driver. Um, that is very fuzzy. <laughs> okay, Campos Meta um, is, uh, uh, you know, numbers cars 20 and 21. Uh, like I say, Bruno Senna is their second driver. They have not said who their first driver is. Uh, possibly uh, Pedro, Pedro de, la de la Rosa. Rosa. Be cool for them, a Spanish team and uh, doing the Spanish thing. So everyone's going to get all, like, super nationalistic here. It's going to be sweet. Speaking and of which, USF1. In America, it's going to be the USF1 team with who, Cosworth Power. Who might have drivers and might not. Which Americans actually owned that team till not too long ago. Uh, Champ Car actually owned Cosworth for a little while. I think they sent, sold it off to somebody else. Uh, in the number two car driving will be American Jim Lau. And in the number 23 car, it will be American Robin Warner. We are just waiting for the phone calls and the contracts to be mailed. And we will most likely sign them. I do not know why Jim gets the lead car, but I'm going to let that hey, go. what are you going to do? What are you going to do? After- you were pretty badass in that uh, – Mini Cooper S. Oh, yeah. Uh, and after that, we've got uh, Virgin Racing, like we spoke about. Uh, Timo Glock, Lucas Degrassi, uh, second, you know, uh, total rookie coming in from uh, for F1. Um, again, Cosworth Power. And, and they've got uh, two test drivers already reserved. Man, they, the Virgins, they've got their they got their ducks in a row pretty early on here. Yes, with lots of ducks. Alvaro Parente and Luis Garcia and, uh, and all that. And then last <laughs> on the grid, we've got, and they actually don't technically have car numbers yet, but it'll be 26 and 27. Um, car 27, that's just crazy. Um, is uh, Swiss team Peter Sauber. Or Yay! Sauber. Ferrari um, power. With Ferrari power. And Kamui Kobayashi, baby. Who's like the new Takuma Sato for and us. He's, he's just... listed as the lead driver here anyway. That's pretty cool. Yes, and uh, no word yet on second driver there. Uh, what if the second driver were Takuma Sato? That would be so cool. Oh, oh I would be, be like in love with Japanese that. Japanese dream team. That would be Yay. great. Nationalistic. All right, so that's, so there it is. I mean, that's that's the rundown. There's there's a whole lot going on. Um, they've they've finalized the schedule now. I guess you know Canada is indeed on the on the uh, on the calendar. Um, I've got to figure out if, if if we can go to that. I mean, hopefully we can, yeah. but it's it's tricky. Um, I'm super geeked about it. if I can get to Montreal, dude. Every, everyone I talk to this been they're like, oh Montreal, party city, you've got to go. It's so amazing. You Although I, I, I I've been to Montreal and I've been to different parts of Quebec and I've also been to France. Yeah, and the French were much nicer to me. Than Quebecois, yeah. and I don't know why the the French Canadians do not like Americans. Period. Hmm. The French, at least to us, at least the Parisians, totally happy to have us around. And you know, we're not. You know, we tried to be as respectful as we could be of the culture, knowing as little. You know, we didn't know much of the language, but we tried to. You know, we tried to try to assimilate as best we could. But still, the 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 French Canadians were rude. 
Yeah, well, there's that. There is that. But they have that cool racetrack and, you know, that is Champions true. Wall and all that. You they know. also came up with Jacques Villeneuve. You realize that, right? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a strike against, huh? <laughs> man, yeah, there's a, that, he might be in, in one of these cars next year. I hope not. Man, he's like, oh, comebacks are great. I'm going to make a comeback, too. And If I make a comeback, I'd like to sing a song. That, that, uh, that'll boy. be terrific. Um, I also I want to thank everyone. The Facebook page has still been buzzing. That's been awesome. We've been keeping up. We've been having a good time there. Have some good articles on there, some YouTube videos and stuff like that. And uh, there are now over 450, 445 fans on Facebook. But there is one fan that is sprinting ahead in the Best Fan Ever Award. We need a theme song for this fan specifically. We need a fan theme song. I, you're absolutely right. Brendan James Cronk deserves a theme song. This guy is fantastic. We got a second package with stuff. Stuff. And this stuff had marker scrapings on it that looked like a name. This stuff is good stuff, man. This is good stuff. So, okay, the F1 show is now proud owners of part of an F1 car. We own an F1 car, baby. <laughs> More or less. Uh, so, yeah, we've got some 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 crash-damaged carbon pieces. we got some hats. we got some, like, literature, brochures and stuff. Oh, man, it's just Dude, it's uh, super cool. Brendan, thank you so, so very much. We will absolutely cherish it, and uh, we deeply appreciate it, and just For any can't our, thank you enough. any of our other uh, fans in Australia, look up Brendan and buy him a beer. Buy him a beer, and not a Foster's. Because you guys don't like that stuff, right? Right. That's 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 the what we understand about yes, Australia. Yes, buy him whatever the equivalent to. Oh, a nice imported Budweiser, maybe. Yes, that's, a I, nice Belgian beer. Yeah. Um, anyway, thank you, thank you again for for sending us stuff. Um, I mean, I, there's probably a couple of our other fans out there that have you know like pieces of F1 cars and signed stuff or that whatever. haven't given it to but us. But that's like so hard for us to get over here that that's still like a really big deal for us. So so thank you for that. Um, we tried our hardest to get out onto the track at the uh, at Indianapolis after the after the race was over to like yes. go collect some stuff. Or just but they were almost out of funnel of cakes and we had to beeline it. You know, it's it's tough being an American. Um, <laughs> There was a McDonald's involved, and we just had to go. Um, actually, honestly, it was – Funnel cake. <laughs> actually, if you're, if, for our longer-time fans will remember, though, that uh, we, we went straight to the car and did some live coverage right from uh, from driving out of the parking yes, lot of, of the Indianapolis Motor did. Speedway. Yes, we absolutely did. very slow traffic. We are dedicated to the fans, and we love it when fans are dedicated to us and uh, sending us stuff. That's just the coolest Dedicate, thing. baby. Yeah. So – And we, we also – I want to say that we, we do apologize for taking so long to, to having the first post-race um, show, but uh, our schedules have proven to be quite busy. Yeah, and between the two of us, we're actually not going to be in the same state. We only much. see each other like once a month. Uh, yeah. in this off season, it's 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 been a bit ridiculous. Um, somebody put some holidays in there, which I don't know. We've got all kinds of things going on, but uh, oh yes, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Rhododendron, um, Happy Boxing Day. Happy 2nd January for our Scottish listeners. Happy 2nd January. Yeah, that's a holiday in Scotland. Really? Yeah. Happy New Year's. Yep. Woo! Um, happy... Um, I don't even know. There's probably some other stuff in there that we don't even know about. Happy other stuff. Yes. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> and hey, man, let's let's hang in there till uh, till the season starts. Yeah, we are definitely going to... We'll, we'll, we absolutely will get to you guys again... As soon as possible, but I do believe it's going to be 2010 before we do that. 
which is probably cool. This is with you guys since you guys are so cool. You got a bunch of cool stuff to do anyway. And I just used the word cool about seven times. It's definitely a bit a bit past your bedtime. Um, <laughs> but no, seriously, I mean, we've been keeping up. We got you know good conversations going on the Twitter stream. We are at the F One Show on Twitter, uh-huh. uh, Facebook.com slash F One Show. If you're not a fan, you're missing out. Yep. Um, if you're not on Facebook, check it out. Everyone else is 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 online there. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're still working on uh, still, you know, improvements and upgrades to the show in the off season. So, by all means, uh, you send us an email to feedback at F1show.com. If there's something you're not hearing that you'd like to, that's great. If there's stuff you're hearing that you wouldn't like to, let us know. And uh, we want to make the show, show as awesome as we can. We're trying to, uh, you know, improve all the time. So, uh, And uh, let the people in the iTunes world know that as well. If you have a moment to rate us and comment on that, that is deeply appreciated. All righty. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's getting late here. It is frantic dog o'clock. Jesus. That, that, that happens at my house sometimes. So on that note, um, we will talk to you when we talk to you. I'm not sure when, but, uh, enjoy. biting me. Enjoy. She, whatever. Enjoy the craziness of the off season and keep in touch with us online and everything. Uh, until we speak to you again, I am Jim Lau. And I'm Robin Warner. See ya.